Gracious and holy God, we enter into your presence filled with expectations of the season. May the meditations of our hearts and minds and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Amen. It was the birth of my first grandson. Many of you know that, how exciting that is. He is now 14 years old. I can't hardly believe it, but I remember that night so well. I remember it because many of us gathered at the hospital late one evening and he was not born until very early the following morning. And so we spent the night pacing the halls. We spent the night sleeping on those uh, ever so comfortable waiting room chairs at the hospital. We spent the night eagerly anticipating what he might look like and, and how he, he might enter this world. And then finally, when Jonathan's father appeared at the end of the hall dressed in those wonderful blue outfits, you know, the ones with the funky little hat and the blue booties, beside him was this nurse pushing a bassinet along. And I knew in that bassinet was the most important cargo that I could look at. And so I found my way to that bassinet before anybody else in that waiting room. And I pushed my face deep into that bassinet, and I'll bet I wasn't but 18 inches from that little boy's face, and I studied it. I looked at every inch of it. I remember I drank, drank in that holy moment, and all that I could say was, He's perfect, He's perfect, He's perfect. A little bit later, I was able to reflect on all those details that were burned into my memory, and I recall that I had looked into his dark, murky eyes, and even as I looked at him, I realized he was looking back at me and studying me as well. There was no expression on his face, but yet he, his eyes said everything. His eyes said, I am curious, and I am filled with wonder, and they were profoundly captivating to me. I knew that as I looked in that baby's eyes, I was looking at God's greatest creation, a human baby, my human grandbaby. It was wonderful. As Mary looked into the murky, dark eyes of Jesus... Were they silent? Were they holy? We have been doing this study called Not a Silent Night throughout the December uh, Sundays, and we've been looking at the nativity from Mary's perspective, but not from her perspective as she goes towards the nativity, but rather from her perspective late in life as she looks back on the nativity. We have stood with Mary at the ascension of Jesus as she takes up residence with all the other disciples and she continued to remind them of Jesus' purpose in this world and continued to remind them of their mission to bring the good news to all the nations. And then we, we stood anxiously in the streets of Jerusalem with Mary and Joseph when they 
could not find Jesus during the Passover season, and he was missing for three days. From Mary's perspective, we learned that he really was never missing. He was always there. That even when we cannot find Jesus in our own life, Jesus is present with us. And today we're going to reflect on the very night of his birth, as Luke tells it. I'm going to be reading from the second chapter of Luke, beginning with verse 1 through 7. Listen now for what the evangelist tells us about this amazing birth. In those days, a decree went out from the emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered, and Joseph also went to the town of Nazareth, from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was a descendant from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. When they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. May God add blessing to this reading of Holy Scripture. Traditionally, we have... um, Over the life of the church, we've tended to romanticize the events of God's inbreaking into the world. We sing Christmas hymns that are favorites to us, and and they continue this romantic relationship with this holy night. We sing, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Holy infant, so tender and mild. Our children stand up and they sing, away in a manger. And they say, the cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. As a child, I remember that that always made me think that Jesus never cried. He was a perfect child, and I could never, ever come up to his standards. We cast this idyllic a perfect, joyous, hallmark card image of the Christmas story, where everything is perfect and silent and holy. But it probably wasn't. It was probably anything but silent. It was probably pretty messy and stressful and challenging. It was under difficult circumstances at best, and It was probably filled with all kinds of disappointment and anxiety on the parts of Mary and Joseph that night. In fact, it probably mirrors a lot of what our reality is during this time of the year when we are faced with wanting to give more than we can to our children, when we are faced with the commercialism that continues to entice us to do and be more during this December season. If Mary were to reflect back on that holy night, I'm guessing that she remembers the misery of the journey to get to Bethlehem. 
It was a long journey from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, probably nine or ten days on foot. And when you're nine months pregnant, that's a pretty arduous journey. The roads were sometimes flat and dry and barren and covered with rocks and not many trees to take shade under. And then there is a hilly region in which you have to traverse back and forth going up the hill and back and forth coming back down the hill on the other side to the valley beneath. Each time you're using a different set of muscles and and on a nine-month pregnant body, that is difficult at best. I remember that, I, I, I imagine that she remembers an aching back and the sharp pains of staking that next step on swollen legs and swollen feet that women often face in that time. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the city had its own swollen aches and pains as well because there were so many travelers coming back to Bethlehem to register that there was really no room for any of them. The city had more than doubled in size and the Jewish practice of hospitality was stretched to its very limit. Disappointment and anxiety must have overtaken Mary when the aches of her back gave way to the pains of labor. Where would she deliver this baby? And who would deliver her first child? Luke doesn't really say that she went to a stable, but he does say that they wrapped the baby in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, a food trough filled with animal slobber. For crying out loud. The songwriter Andrew Peterson says it this way the stable was not clean, the cobblestones were cold. With tears upon her face, Mary had no mother's hand to hold. She was left to birth her first child with little or no support. Now that doesn't sound much like a silent night to me, and I imagine that since it was also Joseph's first child, there was anything but calm around her. Still, there is something transformative and miraculous that happens in childbirth. At the moment that Mary sees her child, who has been taking up residence in her body for nine months, All the pain, all the sorrow, all the anxiety is pushed aside, at least for that moment, as awe takes away her breath and her heart has been stilled at the dark, murky eyes looking back at her. Time stood still. Any fears that she had in the past have been forgotten and any anxiety about the future is consumed by the hope of that very moment, the hope that lived in that child. For Mary, what she saw when she peered into his black, murky eyes was the very face of God holy present of the God incarnate. 
From Mary's perspective, that cold and smelly stable was a holy place, a holy place where God's debut in human form was born. It was God that broke into the world and became flesh and dwelt among us on that not-so-silent night 2,000 years ago. It was God who left behind everything that God knew in order to take up solidarity with us because we could not find God. God had to come to us. In our baptismal vows, we use this line. We say, in the fullness of time, Jesus was formed in the waters of a womb. It was in the waters of that womb that a body grew. And in that body was a single beating heart that was filled with compassion for all people. And in that womb, were, uh, on that body, were two arms that carried God's love to all the nations. In that body were shoulders that were broad enough to bear the sins of the entire world and, and legs that were strong enough to walk beside us in times of trouble and strong enough to carry us when times are really desperate. Jesus broke into this world in the midst of fear and anxiety and filth. And Jesus carved out a place for sacredness, for holiness in the ordinary, not-so-silent surroundings of straw and earth and flesh, just so the world could meet what peace was all about. Friends, Mary's womb, or Mary's world would never be the same. She would go about life with the same anxieties and fears that each of us face. She would go through her life experiencing laughter and joy and wonder and awesomeness. She would go through life just as we go through life, but with a new perspective. The miracle of the Christmas story and the reality of our Christian life is that we never experience things the same again. When Jesus takes up residence in our lives, the way we see the world changes. We see it with hope. We see it with peace. And it is Luke that reminds us that if we are willing, like Mary was willing, to allow God and Christ to take up residence inside our body, we too can look into the face of God. When we join Christ in an act of solidarity for all of God's people, we too can deliver God's love to those who don't always feel loved. And we will see the world differently. We will find a holy peace, a peace that is not found in this world, but a peace that is much more eternal. 
a peace in the midst of our very soul. It is a silent peace, a holy peace, and that is the purpose of Christmas. Thanks be to God.